Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients with your host, Joel Miner. Listening to the show, you'll learn how to avoid the unnecessary pain and avoidable costs that commonly occur in the building and renovating process. Joel will also inspire you with his knowledge, experience and ideas on how to make your home a place to suit your lifestyle for years to come. Hello and welcome to another week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. So this week I'm speaking with Andrew Quadrio from Quadrio Building Services and he specialises in the renovation extensions. So for those of you who don't know Andrew, I'm just going to get him to tell him a bit about himself and how he sort of got into the industry. Yeah, my name is, uh, as Joel said, Andrew Quadrio. I run a company called Quadrio Building Services down here in Sydney and uh, we specialise in renovations and additions uh, to existing homes and we help uh, our clients uh, realize their dream of when they've outgrown their home, they uh, uh, don't sort of love their home anymore. We help them fall back in love with their home by re- renovating and renewing their spaces to suit their ne- the next chapter in their lives. Yeah, cool. So how did you first get into the industry, seeing as um, we're, we're going to have a second run at this because I didn't hit the record button to start off with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I got into the industry about 15 years ago. My dad was a builder and my grandfather was a builder and uh, building is very, is a, has a very long line uh, in our family dating way back to, to um, Italy and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago so building is sort of in the blood from a very long time ago um yeah it was sort of the dad was a carpenter i became a carpenter i did left school and didn't really want to do anything else but be a builder so that's what i did and yeah started we started the, our company about wife and i started our company about six years ago just about six years ago um yep. and yeah so yeah cool that's so what i want what i wanted to bring up was just to do with some of the common problems that occur within the building industry and a lot around the fact of variations now I guess if a lot of people, friends or family have been at barbecues or whatever and they've had a previous experience with a builder or with the building industry, um, I guess some of the most common conversations come round the experience on how they operate, how, how their experience was throughout a renovation or a new build. And I think a lot of the times, I've been at a few from a personal experience, that people talk about all the extra costs and additional variations that... Uh, they didn't know about before starting and what margins were getting put on stuff because they weren't clear exactly on the contract they were signing. So what I'm asking is uh, what sort of effects can that have on homeowners with variations and extra costs from your sort of experience when it comes to um, variations and stuff? Um, as you said, it has a very uh, a heavily detrimental effect on their experience, which is really what builders are uh, what, what the builder's product is, it's not necessarily the the uh, build itself, so the build quality of the product at the end, the actual house. That's not that's not necessarily all of it, um, but the, the the client experience is what is more important because people remember that long after they um, forget about you know uh, the tiles they chose and taps and and any little um, paint marks and that sort of stuff. Um, variations have, yeah, as I said, a massive effect on people's experiences. And, um, yeah, if, if, if your builder hasn't done enough homework on your project beforehand but, or in the preliminary stages of pre-construction, then variations can rear up very, very quickly um, and become very, very costly. Um, some of them are unavoidable. Um, like if we find something, I tell people all the time, the, the system that we use, um, 
uh, eliminates 95% of variations because we do, as I said, we do all this sort of preliminary work and investigation and selections and all that sort of stuff with, with the client before we start building so that once we get to there, everybody knows what they're going to get and there's no yes, spots or maybes unless they change something at the time, which is fine also. The things that we have had in, in, in the recent times that have, that have sort of kicked up uh, a stink with in terms of variations um, like if we find asbestos buried underneath a slab we did that on a job uh, late last year where we found some because it was buried under the grass in the front yard it was only like 50 mil below the surface of the grass we did no idea it was there hasn't been there 50 years nothing had been done in the in the, on this joint for about 50 years and um we stripped the grass off the top off the um front yard and there it was sitting underneath the grass so they're the things that we sort of say to people like you know that sort of thing where we can't see it you can't see it, then you know that's the only thing we sort of um, tell them that we sort of the only thing that there are any variations that we come across. But yes, they have a massive effect on people's experiences throughout the building process. Yeah. And everybody hates, you know, like as you can sort of imagine, anybody out there could sort of imagine if your builder comes to you a week in and says, "Oh, by the way." Um, we didn't allow for this drop edge beam on the slab, but we didn't realise it was that big because we didn't look at the drawing properly. Um, we need an extra twenty grand for. For the, for the drop edge beam and you know, we not we can't we need that money before we can proceed any further like that's gonna one it's gonna upset, upset you to no end and two you haven't got much choice but to pay it if you want your building built you've got to pay it yep as, as unfair as it as it seems and, and and unreasonable as it seems that's that's the harsh reality of it yeah and i guess it comes down to detail too and making sure they can trust the builder but just going to go back to what you're talking about with Basically, you can 95%, like you said, 95% of most variations are avoid, uh, avoidable. But like uh, the what you just said with the slab or, and there was asbestos underneath from being there for years, um, for those of you who don't know, that's classed as an unforeseen circumstance. Um, that's normally a clause that's put in a contract somewhere. So generally there's a little clause about this saying that um, basically what Andrew's just described with uh, some of the things that, you know, we may not be able to see what's behind the wall or underneath the slab and, you know, we can... Builders can potentially allow for some certain things, but at the same time, like asbestos underneath the slab, no one knows that's there, and you you don't want your builder factoring in extra things like that and costs, um, even if it's not there, because you know why well, we why do you need to pay it if it's it's not relevant? Um, yeah, exactly. So, I think why why does mace why does this happen? Like, what's the sort of cause of it? I think I, th- I think to like before we've we've a very sort of stringent system that we go through in terms of this preliminary building um, stage, so pre-construction, if you will. Um, And before we use that, we've had a lot of variations in, in, you know, because there wasn't a lot of detail in that sort of stuff. Because we didn't spend, and 95% of builders or 99% of builders don't spend enough time in the prelim stage. They just want to push out a quote because they're not getting paid for it, which I think is a dumb idea, um, because they're not getting paid for it. They just want to get out, get it out and done. And then, you know, they're sort of banking on, you know, one in five, one in six quotes that they might get you know, sort of thing. So they just want to get them out as quickly as possible so that they can so that they can try and win one. So they get six out, they go, oh, I'll get one, that's good. And then and then I'll worry about the varies at the, at, at when when the time comes. And that's not, there's not enough... You know, they sit there and they go, oh, there's not really enough detail, but I'll just allow this much and then I'll, you know, just I'll just put a clause in the contract if we if we get the job or something like that. And that's how that's how you also get massive differences in pay, in, in sorry, in um, 
in cost between builders if you happen to get a couple of quotes, which is also a silly idea. Um, yeah, and I uh, guess like there you said yeah. with the three, like a lot of people tend to get three quotes and then they all get these three quotes and then all of a sudden they go, well, what's the difference between A, B and C? Because hmm. I guess all materials cost the same and all quality labour costs the same. So is there something missing or is there inferior materials or someone forgotten something? And I guess it just leads to a whole heap of unknown questions and from someone wanting to renovate or extend, they're just sitting there going, uh, what's the difference? And like, yeah. as they've got a heap of questions running through their head and they're sort of thinking, well, what do I do now? Because I don't understand half of this stuff and what's the difference between the three of them? And, yeah, that's uh, right. You know, I guess this is like you said, if someone was, like you said, with a preliminary start and going through, you have a bit of a system you set up, what would you suggest to someone um, if they were going through that process to try and avoid some of these things that um, that happen quite commonly in the building industry? Um, the big things for us, uh, the big things for, for people to look out for is make sure that your builder doesn't just send, if, if, especially if you're going through a, a major renovation, if it's a bathroom or something or a little deck off the back of the house, something else, something small, um, it's not as important because your scope is not so, so wide, um, so there's not that bigger risk for a variation but if you're doing a rather if you're doing a large renovation so you're putting you know two bedrooms and a bathroom on the back of the house and a family room so you're going to spend a couple of hundred thousand at least so i think then you should be your builder shouldn't be just sending you the quote via email if they do that then to me, that to me that tells you that tells me that they don't, they don't particularly care about it your builder should be coming out and t- taking you through the quote Digging through every line item on the quote that's got from it doesn't have to doesn't necessarily have to be broken down, but it has to has to show all of the inclusions. Like when we do it, we come when we present a, a proposal to a to a to a client. I personally come out. Don't don't show them before. Don't send it to them beforehand. I personally come out, put it on the table in front of them, and say, "Here's your copy. Let's go through it." And then I then I then we go down the list one by one and make sure that everything that we've talked about prior. And then everything that's on the plans, we have the plans there as well, is is included in the quote. So then they know. Then you, as the as the client, will know exactly what you're getting from what you're getting, exactly why it's costing so much because they've included this for taps and this for toilets and this much for carpet and this much for paint for painting. If you're doing a renovation, the internal renovation painting is sometimes a bit um, difficult to. Uh, to ascertain a, a price when you you know you might not touch you might not paint that wall but once we paint once we start painting this wall you go okay no we're going to we're going to paint the rest of this room or that room in there because it looks a bit daggy now that we've got new paint in this section so the, they need to make sure or you as a client needs to make sure that they run through everything with you if they if they don't get them out to run through it with you or ring them on the phone say what's this what's this what's this what's this have you allowed for this? Anything you don't see on there that you thought that you said, ask them. So you really need to make a, a list of things that that are, that are and aren't on the on the quote that you really want to ask them about. And you don't need to know. It doesn't. They don't necessarily need to know the technical side of it. Just ask them. Where's this? Have you allowed for this? Have you allowed for that? All those sort of things. And especially when it comes to prime cost items, so stuff like taps and tiles and floor coverings. And you know, kitchen bench tops or something. Like that. If they haven't asked you to select those, then they've allowed a, pro- a figure for those. So if they've allowed, if they've allowed a thousand dollars for tiles and you've got two bathrooms, then that's not. Then you're going to be short yep. on tiles, and there's a variation. And I, I guess it's important to know that. Um, 
because I don't think a lot of people get taken through contract stage. A lot of builders run through a contract. They might just send it to them and say, basically, here, sign this. But when it comes to, like what Andrew just said, for those who don't know, the prime cost item is it's just basically um, an item a, a, an item that hasn't been selected. It's, for example, like you said, taps or a door handle. And it's just an item. There's no labour. It's just an item by itself. Now, um, when it comes to tiles, like Andrew said there, if they've allowed X amount of dollars for a tile... Um, you want to make sure that when the builder is setting prime cost items, there's actually an al- the allowance is actually enough to get your job done or get something for your money. Because in the contract, there is something um, from memory, I know the one I use, and it does say um, it's got to be a, a justifiable um, amount allowed for, you know, for say, for example, a vanity. And they you know, may have allowed $100 for a vanity, but, you know, bottom of the range vanity might come $500. So. I think that's a very important thing to be careful of to make sure that um, you, f- if you do get a quote from a builder or whoever, that if your PC items are listed, um, they are listed and there are, is actually a dollar figure um, beside each one. So you, you know that before you get into that contract that you can you know sort of what it's going to cost. But like I said, with that, you don't want to make sure that it's justifiable and there's going to be enough money to actually get something to start off with if you yeah. do end up signing a contract with that. So... I guess, like, what can the homeowners do throughout, like, a build or renovation to sort of help their builder in a way to, um, like, with prime cost items and whatnot, to sort of bring to the table up front to help them select the items and get them all included to start off with? The best thing to do is to know your budget so that when you go to select them, you don't go and pick $500 taps when you've only got $150 per tap. To, to choose, like if we're going to, we're using the tap example for example. Yep. Um, so know your budget, and uh, there are companies out there that um, supply you know, tapware and that sort of stuff. If we if we just use that as the example, um, there are companies out there that you can send them your budget, send them how what what you've got to select in for your bathroom, for example, um, and they will tailor a package to that budget. Or they'll, they'll give you a couple of options that, that'll suit that budget. Um, that's a really good tool um, that I've, I've literally only just found out about. Um, uh, another thing you can do is um, make sure you communicate with your builder as to when they need to be selected. Usually, I mean, I know what, what we do is we get our, um, we try and do all the selections very, very early in the project. It doesn't matter how off, far off they are, they're going to be. Um, used or needed on site we get them to do them very very early so that when a time comes there's no i'm not ringing the the um uh i'm not ringing the client saying hey have you done i need this by tomorrow have you gone and selected it yet um so that's another another sort of critical thing is that make sure that your communication between you i know you've spoken on on previous podcasts about communication um that makes sure the communication between you and the builder is very clear as to when things need to be selected and um, by what date, so that he can make sure they're on site on time. Yeah. There's no delay there. Is that is that something you give your clients like a checklist or something um, that they can sort of you know say you basically need to select a toilet, this, that, blah, blah. Is that something you do as well? Yeah, yeah. So what we do is we have a form. Um, we call it our prime cost item selection list, and what it is, it has uh, every room in the project, whether it's a house or renovation or whatever, and it has every item that needs to be selected for each room 
So it's paint colors or carpet or for a bedroom sort of thing or door handles for a bedroom and right to, you know, going to bathroom, you know, taps, toilet, shower head, um, uh, cistern, a shower screen, bath, all that sort of stuff. And we have for each um, sort of category of selection, so for, for taps or for tiles, we have the budget and it's on the form when uh, when you get it from us, it's on the form. So you know if you've got $5,000 to spend on your PC items for the bathroom, it's written at the top, you've got $5,000, your budget is $5,000. And what what we do is we, um, uh, we fill it out so that, uh, you know how many of each thing needs to be selected, how, how many of each item needs to be in each room. Yep. And then you go and make this, that, therefore, you know, you're going to need three sets of taps and one toilet and one bath and that sort of stuff. And then you take, we get you to take the form to the supplier. The supplier that we send you to knows knows us, knows the form. Um, and then they will put that you select what, you, what you're after. They will populate the form for you. So they'll write down the model number, the, the brand name and the model. Right. Then we get it back from them. We make sure it's all going to work. So the vanity is the right size and it's the right height and it goes in this direction and ask any other any other um, uh, little details that have got to go with that sort of stuff. If that's if that's all good, we then both both us and the client sit down. We sign off on the on. We go through the uh, selection list again, sign it off at the bottom. And that way, everybody knows what they're getting, how much it's going to cost, whether it's over budget or under budget. And then. From there, there's no uh, uh, there's no back and forth as to whether oh, no, we wanted that or not that. But here we've got it all here on a piece of paper, black and white. Here it is: what what everybody's what the client is getting and what I'm the meter builder is supplying. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good idea with how you do that because I think a lot of people find it's quite overwhelming when they go into select tapware or fixtures mm. and fittings because all of a sudden they're like, oh, I've got so much to pick. Um, and I think the biggest problem that comes down to they just it starts getting really dreamy and really like oh we can do so much with what we're trying to do yeah. um, and I think having that budget up the top of you know your prime yep. cost items or an allowance I think it sort of like brings reality back to it a little bit just to sort of try and stick within people's budgets because like I said they don't like people don't realise sometimes you know just this little bit extra and a little bit extra there and a little bit extra here and all of a sudden uh, their job's gone over budget so. Um, and it's you know that's something I think is really important also is making sure um, your builder can give you the best value for money and also sticking getting what you want and being able to stick to the budget a realistic budget that you have so I think that's another important one as well but yeah I like that idea with yeah, the, the pre the item list and uh, the budget with that so yeah we found it works quite well the, the other thing we do um, from time to time is my wife Katie who works for us as well she will go with the client to the supplier. And go with them with the form and say, and so she can guide them around because, as you said, a lot of people find it um, can find it really overwhelming. You go into a tap shop and there's thousands of different taps, and you go, "Oh, my head's going to explode because I don't know what I don't know which tap I really like. I like that one. 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 And they're, oh, that one's really nice. And that's a, that's a copper one. Oh, I like this one because it's brushed brass. And you know, and then all of a sudden. You know, you like you as always the human nature. You like the most expensive one, yep. and having someone having someone there saying, "Well, we've only really got you know two hundred dollars per tap, and that's a five hundred dollar tap. Do you really want to look at this? This one is very similar. This one over here is very similar, and it's two hundred and twenty dollars tap. Do you want to sort of look at that? Let's look at why don't we look at this one to start with? So that's the sort of guidance we give our our clients when they um when they go to, go to the supplier um, time, from time to time as well. So Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
the other the other thing uh, worth noting is if if your builder does have a, a prime cost item for taps tapware and that sort of stuff, and he's got a budget, make sure it's clear. I know in our contracts it's written after it's like on the on the same line after the actual amount that we allow for. So that's five thousand dollars is the margin they will charge you if you go over that budget. Yes, that's a very good because one. Because if, 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 you, if you've got five, if they give you five thousand dollars to spend on your bathroom fitting, fixtures and fittings, that's fine. But if you if you go to if you spend six thousand dollars, like I tell I tell my people, like with us, if you spend six thousand dollars, you just pay us the extra thousand dollars over. But you pay us the extra over. If you spend four thousand dollars and then just pay, you, you get a you get a negative. Um, variation if you will so it'll come off your next invoice so some some builders will charge a margin on that i don't because i don't see that if if you spend you say if you've got if i give you 200 dollars to spend on tap you spend 250 it doesn't take me any more time to buy it or put install it just because it costs 250 bucks so why should i be why should i be putting a margin on it lots of builders do um and when there's when there's where there's supply and labor cost that's different but when it's just the, when it's just a supply only cost, so you know, carpet it doesn't matter whether you whether you buy or tiles for example. If you, if you buy forty dollars square meter tiles or eight dollars square meter tiles, they're usually the same to lay. Yeah, and so I think not, what Andrew's trying, yeah. trying to say to be careful of there is there's like a lot of mar- there's a lot of margins that get put on variations as well. So mm. uh, like you were just saying there, find out what percentage margin gets put on, sometimes it's 10%, sometimes yeah. it's 20%, it could even be more, and I know, um, from, I was speaking to a couple at a barbecue the other day, and they they were talking about this particular subject, and they were saying that they had the variation margin get put on, which they were cool with, but they didn't realise there was um, a little fee for the administration fee of $1,000, which cost them extra, on top of the $4,000 that they already spent, so... You know, wow. just little things like that, trying to find out and make sure that I think that's another important one too is making sure the builder actually sits down with the contract and actually explains that in yes. black and white and says, look, this is what happens if you change your mind. This is how much it's going to cost. Here's the administration fee. Here's the margin. So, yep. like, yeah, I think just – and yep. it turns, I think, from personal experience or people I've been talking to, that it just turns that whole particular project um, that they're doing, they just sort of get to a stage where they hate it. And they yeah, just that's... sort of want to get out and they've just had enough of doing what they're doing. And I guess um, it's sort of <laughs> like how, how does that speak when, with that, when that happens, how does that sort of end up at the end of a contract or getting to the end of things when it starts getting nitty gritty? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that uh, at the time uh, doesn't seem so big or so massive or so such an issue, but if it adds up with other little things, with other communication breakdowns, we'll go back to communication again, but going with other little communication breakdowns along the way that cost either time or a little bit of money or, you know, that, that so, so on sort of thing, um, it, they add up over time and all of a sudden the, the, the molehill becomes a mountain and then things yeah. explode and erupt and people, you know, don't, you know, don't want to see anybody, don't want to see the builder again and the builder doesn't want to see them again and then it doesn't want, they don't want to get finished and the builder doesn't want to come and finish it and then it just all turns into more, into muck sort of thing. And and, and that is not the situation that um, 
uh, that you that you ever want to be in, sort of thing, because it's that's terrible. You can imagine trying to go through that with a family member. Okay. It would be it's 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 just as bad, if not worse, with a builder because you don't actually know them, so you get less compassion for them. So, okay. <laughs> it, so it goes pear it can go pear shaped very very quickly. So um, do you think? that when people say, for example, they wanted to make a variation because, you know, they wanted to change their mind on something, which is totally cool. Do you think it's important for them to get the variation like like a cost breakdown or at least a cost straight away rather than say, go ahead and do it? I think it's very important that you understand how much it's going to cost or at least at least the builder gives you some sort of, even if it's a rough figure to start with, give him an hour, say, look, we want to do this. Can you give us a figure? before we go ahead with it, you know, a sort of a rough figure, at least a rough figure to, before you go ahead with it so that we know, you know, we're up for another $5,000 or something like that. If it comes in at five and a half or four and a half or six or something like that, then, yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, it's very important to get it uh, costed up beforehand. But, I mean, a good design, a good design and good preliminary, like pre-building works will eliminate any um, need for you to change if, it, if it's done properly to begin with you won't need to change anything so if the builder understands what you're after and and, and you feel as the, as the client you feel that your builder understands what you're after and the situation you're in and what you're trying to achieve with the project whether it be a bathroom or a big extension or a room on top or whatever it happens to be if you feel that they understand that they will be able to deliver on that outcome much much better than not knowing than if they didn't know because it's got to be it's in your head as the client you have this vision of how you want to sit on the deck or sit in the back room or however whatever you want to do you need to convey that to the builder and then you need to feel that the builder understands exactly what you're on about that they can see your vision for it that's really really important that's one one of the first things that we do with our face-to-face -face meetings is I say to them, look, you really need, we, we need to have this very open book conversation about what you're after because I need to understand what it is so I can deliver on it. If I can't understand what it is, I can't deliver on it, we're all going to, we're going to end up in a quagmire. Yeah, definitely. I guess that comes back to, like you said, communication again, yep. really, it just, there's so much misunderstanding that gets done because I think a lot of builders, like they see it every day, they know how it operates and what things happen, but as someone as a homeowner is trying to trying to get that out of their head and get that into a builder's head, I think is is really important too because yeah, know, they don't want to. You don't like you said you don't end up with variations and extra costs that it could lead to potentially you know just an experience through your building a renovation process just absolute disaster. Yeah, so and like, it should be an enjoyable process. Like it's, yeah, you're 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 improving your life. Yes, you're spending a lot of money, but you're improving your life, and you especially especially with given the current world situation, improving your life at home would probably be quite high on people's lists at this point in time because you're stuck at, stuck at home for the majority of time. Um, so uh, being able to convey that to the builder or, or having a builder that will, will bring it out of you is also, is also very good. It's one thing you should be looking for as a client and as, as, you, as you're sort of looking for a builder is that they they can get out of you what you're after. And I guess that's something not, well, you see it, but it's probably more or less something you feel when you're with a builder rather than, yep. than that sort of, oh, if you start getting that, oh, I don't know, sort of feeling. Yeah, trust, you know, definitely trust your guy. Trust. You've got to trust your reptilian brain 
um, yep. and that, that you've got, that this person that's sitting across from you, which you haven't, which you've known for all of half an hour, yep. um, that the, the, they, if you get the right feeling from them, then you're probably going to have a pretty good experience, and you're probably going to have, you know, you could probably make it work. But if you get if you get the sort of, oh, I'm not quite sure, then you know, do a bit more research. You need to do a bit more chatting and a bit more research into that person, or alternatively find someone else. Yeah, because the the fit between the builder and the client is extremely important. Yeah, definitely. Because you see a lot of them, like like I tell people all the time. I say we're going to spend a lot of time together. You're going to be working in your house. So I'm going to be there every single morning at seven a.m. and I'm not leaving till three three or four o'clock in the afternoon. You're going to be out talking to me every single day. Yep. So we've got to get along. Definitely. And if we don't get along, then then it's, it's going to turn real bad real quick. You're not going to like me walking down the driveway every morning. I guess that's something that should be established prior to even commencing yep. work with the builder. Oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It should should you should you should have that sort of um, that's something you should it should be on your list of attributes for your builders that that you that you like them basically. You need you need to like them. If you don't like them as a person, you don't like them um, uh, coming into your house every day and seeing them every day, then um, then it's just going it's just going to turn bad for all of you. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, that's enough for this week's show. I'm speaking with Andrew Quadrio from Quadrio Building Services. So, Andrew, if people are looking to know more about you and what you do and where you're from, basically, where would they be best placed to find you? Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Quadrio Building Services with a Q, um, or you can visit our website at www.quadriobuildingservices.com.au. All right, appreciate your time, Andrew. No worries at all, mate. That's it for this week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients, brought to you by Refined Space Constructions. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.